Ideal Nutrition Podcast. I'm Leah Heigl and I am here with my co-host Aiden Muir and today we are chatting about tart cherry juice as a supplement for athletes. Um, So it probably isn't going to be a frontline supplement for a lot of people uh, but for some athletes it may be worth considering as something to add in. So we'll start with what is tart cherry juice because I didn't even know what this was six months ago. So it's, <laughs> as a dietitian working in the sports arena, I, you know, have only kind of recently come across this. So I'm assuming most people don't know what it is. Um, so tart cherry juice is extracted from Montmorency cherries. So a very particular kind of cherry. Um, and they're also known as sour cherries. So regular cherries are a good source of antioxidants. Yes, but these Montmorency cherries are really, really high in antioxidants. And that's really where they get their power from, I suppose. So it's not the the magical cherries that have some kind of, you know, effect. It's the fact they are really high in antioxidants. And specifically, they're about five times higher than regular cherries you'd buy from your local supermarket. Um, and then when you look at other products, so there are products that are concentrated tart cherry juice they became like they become insanely high in antioxidants. So even just like 30 mils of that stuff has a ton of antioxidants. Some of the some of the people who promote it, they talk about it being the equivalent of 21 servings of fruits and vegetables. 21. Like just in, in one 30 mil serving once it's concentrated, which makes sense because if it's yeah. like if it's already five times higher than regular cherries, which are already high in antioxidants, like it, it makes sense from that perspective. So yeah, we're talking about very concentrated stuff. Um, So recent research has suggested that they offer a range of health benefits, particularly stemming from that antioxidant content um, in regards to exercise recovery and sleep as well. So the most, probably the most clear cut benefit that a lot of people report with tart cherry juice is they get less sore. It's like it speeds up recovery is the wording a lot of people use. They get less muscle soreness after exercise. So obviously, if you train hard, compete hard, all those kind of things, improved recovery from that perspective, it's something that's pretty appealing. Um, The mechanism is mostly based on a reduction in inflammation, so inflammatory markers. Um, If we want to get real specific, there are clear reductions in CRP and IL-6 and uric acid. So like there are clear markers that like you can literally measure in blood tests and stuff like that and actually see the difference. I, I always get a little bit skeptical of self-reported differences in soreness because, like, I don't know, it's, it's quite subjective. It's not as clear-cut as, like, markers on the paper and whatever, but it's, like, that's what we're measuring. That's what we care about in this, like, people getting less sore. Like, we care about what people are reporting. So there's quite a few studies that have been done on that that are not all positive. Most of them are positive. If you look at the, like, broad range of research, 80% of the studies would show, like, a bit of a reduction in soreness and then, like, the other 20% they can't really tell. So one example of this involved runners who were having 710 mil of tart cherry juice, so obviously not the concentrated form, just actual tart cherry juice, for seven days leading up to a race. And they reported being three times less sore than those in the placebo group. So you can literally have it every day leading up, you can have it post, you can have it whenever, like there's no like real system to it, but clearly like having it leading up to the event also helps how you feel after it. Because I believe in that, so they also had it after the event as well. Three times less sore, pretty 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 beneficial another one utilized 480 mil for a few days leading up to and immediately post a marathon and similarly they had less muscle damage that they could measure and they were less sore and once again their markers of inflammation were lower so less soreness seems like a pretty consistent finding um 
And this is pretty like in line with what we'd expect from high dose antioxidants. Like we see these kind of outcomes from high dose antioxidant supplementation. It's not surprising that tart cherry juice is doing this because it is also so high in, um, in antioxidants. The other thing that's also relevant is that other studies have seen similar findings using tart cherry powder as well, which I don't, I don't know if you know this, but um, at work nutrition, their recovery thing. No, that that has tart cherry powder in it, which okay, I think is pretty you. cool. Yeah, so I've like cool. I've used some of their product, tastes nice, and um, I'll, it's like as we said, this is not a frontline no. thing. And why why would you say it's not a frontline thing? Well, for me, it would definitely come down to cost. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if we're talking five to seven hundred mils of tart cherry juice, say you're consuming that daily, a that's a lot of juice so depending on other goals that may interfere with you know yeah. goals and stuff that you might have it's a lot going of carbs on. it's a lot of carbs um i don't know how it tastes because i haven't had it but being sour cherries i don't know maybe that would be hard to get down almost a liter a day or like half a liter um but then even going to your really concentrated uh stuff the price it's a killer. yeah yeah, so like going straight into that, hey, so like you can't really buy it in shops easily. Like I've tried some, some people have said, like some of my clients have said that they could find it. But like every time I've looked, all I've found is like a mix like of, of tart cherry and sweet cherry. So yeah. it's like a 50-50 mix often. And it's like, well, suddenly instead of like, if we use that, like that logic around it being the antioxidants being higher and whatever, and it's five times higher for tart cherries, instead of having 710 mil, you'd now suddenly need like 1.3 mil or like whatever it comes out. It is a little bit less than that. But like, that one adds to the cost because you have to have a ton of it. And then two, that's a lot of carbs. Like that's even more carbs. Um, so concentrated obviously makes sense. We're at least getting pure tart cherry juice. Cherry active is the most common one I see people in Australia getting it. So they get it online through there. But I've done the maths on it. And if you get their tart cherry juice, it's probably like $80 to order. It's a big upfront investment. If you have it once a day, instead of just having regular juice you'd buy from a shop, it comes out relatively similar. Like overall after the savings it actually does come out kind of similar but it's a big upfront investment and like me working with people i just don't see many people actually wanting to do that like it's still it's still an upfront investment um it's not even something i have interest in doing like to be honest yeah 100 percent. like i could see it you being useful like heading into a competition or during a really maybe intensive training block but it's only if you have that kind of after you've done literally everything else you can, if you have extra money, yeah. you want to invest in your training and recovery, sure, yeah. go for it. And I think that Outwork Nutrition one, like that seems a little bit more appealing, but it's only 30 serves. It's like 80 something dollars. And I can't remember if it's 80 US dollars or Australian dollars. So if it's 80 US dollars, it's even more for like 30 serves. So it's like, that's not even like financially viable for a lot of people either. Yeah, and I, I have hard enough time convincing people to buy creatine, which is yeah. cheap as chips, so I'm not going to start recommending something that's that expensive yeah. you know, as a broad thing. Yeah. Um, another reason why the tart cherry juice is of interest for athletes is actually in regards to sleep. Um, so there is a link between having these this tart cherry juice and improved sleep. This is likely due to a combination of the melatonin content of the actual tart cherries, as well as the fact they do contain tryptophan and anthocyanins. Uh, Both of these compounds do help to create melatonin. So between the three of those things contained in tart cherries, 
there has been that linked to improved sleep. So to add weight to that argument, there is research directly showing that tart cherry juice does increase levels of melatonin in the body and does improve both sleep quality and duration. So a study on people with insomnia found that the participants who drank almost 500 mils of tart cherry juice daily for two weeks on average slept 85 minutes more. 85 minutes more of sleep is a lot. Like if we're talking recovery... You know, that 85, 90 minutes, it's going to do you good. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I do think it's overblown, hey. So, like, when I wrote a blog post about this, I included that study in there. And, like, I put it in there. I mentioned that to clients, but I also put the caveat being, like, we probably can't expect that. Like, because the most clear cut I can be, like, way I can think it through and be like, why wouldn't we expect that? Is if the mechanism is increasing melatonin in the body... Why isn't melatonin supplementation leading to this, like, straight melatonin supplementation? Um, I'm of the opinion that it's pretty consistently going to help sleep. 85 minutes is like, if that happens, sweet. Yeah. But who knows? Like, it's, it's ambitious. It's not a clear-cut thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't... If someone had issues with sleeping, I wouldn't be just like, oh, tart cherry juice yeah. will fix you. Um, but, you know, it could be one of those things that does help a little. For sure. And like from what I was reading on it as well, like it looks like it's far more effective for those who really do struggle with sleep, like insomnia and everything like that versus people who are already good, but just want a little bit better. Would you recommend it if someone was like, I have insomnia? It's in my bag. Like it's in like, it's in. Interesting. Yeah. Like it's one of the things I would contemplate because we could also even consider it's like, Hey, maybe it's not even just the melatonin content. Like what if it's, having the carbs an hour before bed or like what if like there's a lot of other factors that can go into like this whole like food matrix and all those kind of things yeah um but yeah it's one of them but there's there's a lot of other things that like we recommend for people <laughs> looking to improve sleep like another common thing like a lot of people talk about magnesium like an hour before bed helping sleep and like yeah. the research is like on that it's like people who have insomnia it does seem to help people who just struggle with their sleep it does it doesn't seem to do that much but like anecdotally so many people like i check my um my whoop or whatever and like it tells me I get better sleep when I take magnesium like it's enough to be yeah. like that's in the bag as well like there's a lot of tricks in there like yeah. they don't all like work but like there's a few options when it comes to sleep honestly I'm such a huge advocate for just general sleep hygiene yeah, practices over too. things like supplements yeah but hey if it's one of those things that you're already taking tart cherry juice mm. for recovery this could be just another reason why it's also good for recovery yeah for sure so Another thing that I'll briefly touch on, and like this is just such a complex topic that I don't want to go too deep on it, but it is this caveat about antioxidants. There is a discussion with antioxidant supplementation where people are questioning whether high-dose antioxidant supplementation around the time of training could actually be potentially detrimental. We know, as I spoke about earlier, that it decreases muscle soreness. Theoretically, that could be people could assume that means it's speeding up recovery. But like the research on endurance athletes seems to show that having high-dose antioxidant supplements consistently throughout a training block around the time of training seems to slow down positive adaptations, as in people don't get better at their sport that they're trying to get better at as quickly if they're doing that. And it's not that clear-cut. I'm making it sound more clear-cut than it is, but like the body of evidence seems to show that. A lot of people have speculated the same for resistance training, being like maybe this blunts hypertrophy, maybe this blunts adaptations around muscle growth, which I'll talk about theoretically why that could happen. But there's really not that much rust, must, uh, that much research on resistance training and this concept. Like a lot of people have jumped to that conclusion, but then 
when people have gone through the research, like there's like two studies on this topic. It's like, it's very hard to jump to that. Um, the mechanism, the proposed mechanism for why this would happen is when we train, we're intentionally causing some form of muscle damage. And there is a bit of an inflammatory response as well that occurs due to training. What if we just like massively dampen the oxidative activity that's going on that's partly involved in the muscle damage and inflammation and everything like that and we get less inflammation we get less of these things but those things could potentially be stimulating the adaptations it's like you've done something that your body can't necessarily handle as well as it ideally would like to and now needs to get it needs to adapt and get better at that theoretically antioxidant supplementation at high dosages can prevent that from occurring at the level that we want a very debatable topic it might not even matter it's just it's just a, a caveat yeah 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 and like obviously like we go deep on nutrition so we care about these things and like it's actually genuinely it is enough for me to be like well first i'm not taking high dose antioxidants anyway but it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's enough for me to be like okay i'm not going to do that around every single session like if i wanted to take high dose antioxidants i personally wouldn't be taking it around my time of training every day like i kind of keep it separately just based on that so it's like even though i'm like oh maybe this matters maybe it doesn't it's, it's enough for me to be like if i was going to do it I just have it separate from my session, basically. But if somebody was concerned and they're like, oh, I think maybe having tight juice would have this effect, because it's hard to say, because we've only seen this with supplements. We've never, ever, ever seen this kind of effect happen with food. More antioxidants through food has pretty much always been a good thing. Um, but it, then it becomes a debate of, is it the supplements or is it just the fact that we can only get to these really high amounts through supplementation? We can't get there through food. Theoretically, concentrated tart cherry juice is food and not a supplement. But if it's just about the amount of antioxidants, maybe it gets into the same kind of category. Um, So if somebody was concerned, an approach I've seen other sports dietitians take with their clients and talk about is they would not use it during phases like off-season and pre-season where competing doesn't matter, where it's just like we're just trying to make adaptations, we're just trying to build muscle, we're just trying to build up capacity, we're just trying to do all these kind of things. But if somebody's competing regularly, like this is an interesting thing to think about. Like if I was like a sports dietitian for an NBA team and they're in a seven-game playoff series at the end of the season where adaptations do not matter anymore, you're already as good as you're going to be, getting less sore could help somebody play better. So it's like even if this was a thing, it's like if you thought about that being a serious thing where it's like, hey, maybe this reduces adaptations, you'd still use it under certain circumstances. Yeah, and I guess powerlifting, like even kind of that few weeks heading into a competition yeah, where you're no prep. longer made, made, like you're not making adaptations anymore. It's just like realizing that strength yeah. that you have. And I, you get really sore leading into a comp. Yeah. So maybe that would, from a powerlifting perspective, might be a time where you use something like this. And like even like my own thoughts, like there's no research on this, but I'm like, I wonder if this is relevant for like injuries and stuff like this. I wonder if it has any role to play in tendinopathies and stuff like that, which every powerlifter gets, like they get sore elbows, they get all those things. I wonder if when people are self-reporting how sore they are, that they're factoring that in where it's kind of like mm-hmm. soreness when people talk about that. Are they only talking about muscle soreness? Are they meant, are they thinking about their joints? Are they just like, they're just giving like a score out of 10 or something like that. General soreness. Yeah. That's so true. like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm onto anything there, but like, I wonder if that comes into play too. Let's talk a little bit about dosage and timing. Um, so the optimal protocol appears to be about 250 mils of tart cherry juice twice per day. So what's the reasoning behind breaking that up? I think it's just getting these doses of antioxidants like spread throughout, spread the, day. throughout the day. Like if we, yeah. we go back to like what Tyler and I were talking about in a previous podcast about vitamin C, we were talking about how vitamin C has got a half-life of, I can't remember the exact half-life, if it's like five hours or something like that. But say the half-life of vitamin C is five hours, 
theoretically, if you want it really high in your system, you could have it morning and night or like as Tyler does it multiple times throughout the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would make the wager that splitting up this tight cherry juice across the day, like it's a similar rationale. Got you. So this would probably look like 250 mils in the morning and 250 mils about an hour before bed. So if you're really looking to get those sleep benefits from having tart cherry juice, it makes sense to have it before bed. So splitting it up in that way makes a bit of sense. Um, if you're using cherry active, so that kind of reduced volume, very concentrated version, uh, 30 mils in the morning and 30 mils at night seems to be the way to go. For those wondering if you could just simply eat tart cherries, um, I guess technically you could, but how practical that is, I'm not too sure. So like just talking about, you know, having your 500 mils of tart cherry juice seems pretty impractical. To eat that amount of juice in actual cherries, I could assume that that's going to be a whole lot of volume. Yeah. And like once we're looking at that concentrated form, like that um, cherry active, so like one of their 473 mil bottles, so obviously they've got different categories, like, but like in their 473 mil bottle, this is their marketing claim that they talk about because it's so concentrated and it is in this juice form and then concentrated, obviously. It's the equivalent of 1,450 cherries That's or tart so cherries. Many. Yeah. And we, like if we if they weren't tart cherries, say they were sweet cherries, then it's five times that amount even more. Like it's even higher. So like seven, 8,000 yeah, cherries. It's in- insane. So it's like, okay, it's not practical. Like just not jump to that. Yeah. Anymore. You're just going to be eating just cherries for the rest of your life, which is probably not going to be beneficial. Um, another side note to consider is that tart cherries are and sorbitol so that is a FODMAP and that could potentially cause gastrointestinal symptoms in some people particularly at five to seven hundred mils this has been episode 37 of the ideal nutrition podcast if you could leave a rating and review that would be super appreciated but otherwise thank you for tuning in